Alrighty, Creekcast review of Travis Boak's 300th game. Our big win on Friday night against Collingwood Footy Club um, over in away home, who knows what it was, in Melbourne, uh, is coming up. But first of all, doing a little intro here uh, to plug a few things. I haven't done that for a while because it's just the store and merch stuff has been on the back burner for a while um, just because it's all uh, stuff we do in our spare time outside of work, which is incredibly busy up until lockdown. Um, and I've finally been getting to... Getting some designs finalized and start doing some ordering on some merch stuff. So that's still probably by the time we actually get the stock, could be a month or so away. Uh, but that'll be happening soon. Uh, what we do have on the site, which is still very limited, it's pretty much what we've had on there since last year, is there um, on sale at the moment. Um, Charlie Dixon stubby holders, a few badges, a few stickers and whatever is there for, um, on sale at the moment. The, once the new stock comes in, there'll be a revamp of what how that all looks and how everything's there and um, probably just adjust the shipping stuff and all that. But at the moment, I'm just going to leave it as it is, drop the prices and all that's there. And um, if you've been looking at any of that, um, grab, get on it. Um, we will also, once um, the new stuff comes in, I will actually get into making sure I have um, some international options for shipping as well. I just haven't had the chance to work out the pricing of that. I'm, get, I'm getting some, going to get label printers and all that so I actually can start shipping fully from home rather than having to shoot... Um, um, do the post office run and work out the pricing on the go there. So um, that'll all be happening in the next month or so uh, as we get into making sure it's a bit more of a home office, <laughs> a bit more of a streamlined process with all that stuff. So that'll be happening. But So keep an eye out for the merch coming soon. I've got some just some fun designs um, that I've been enjoying doing. Um, it is also just self-taught, self-drawn stuff. So um, yeah, be kind. If you don't like it, just don't tell me. <laughs> just don't buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Um, Otherwise, what else is there to talk about? Um, yes, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think I was half saying yes, there will be international options. Um, I will get that done. It's just probably not going to happen in the next month or so. It'll be once I get the other stuff in, uh, I can just do it all at once and get the store properly set up with the new items. Uh, the other thing is, um, I, I don't like doing this, but uh, we've added a support the you know website and podcast feature on the episodes page on our website, thecreed1870.com. Um, I'll never make this podcast like a thing that can't be accessed by everyone. I don't want to do Patreon. And don't I respect everyone that does it. I know a lot of podcasts work through Patreon to have like supporter features and stuff like that, which is great and a great way to do it. I just don't, I, I just want this podcast to be an easy one that's people can access if they want it. No members only stuff or anything like that. Um, it's just going to be available for everyone at all times. Uh, no support financially required. However, if you do feel that, if you do enjoy what we do, um, there are a lot of costs that we, again, we do out of pocket ourselves from our own earnings, from our day jobs and <laughs> mortgages and all that kind of stuff. So it is something that we sacrifice too, but it's a passion project. So I don't mind doing it. I absolutely don't mind doing it at all. We, we started it. We don't want to ask for us to do it, um, but we appreciate the people that do listen and, and whatever. But if you do want to um, just, if you want to make a financial donation uh, supporting supporting the podcast and the page, it just helps with like, we go, we've got uh, web, web hosting costs for the website and there's another... Um, hosting costs to the podcast itself and then just the I'm trying to do some equipment upgrades to start making the podcast a bit better and um, start being able to get out easier and get some access to some other people to throw on the podcast and have to just listen to me all the time so um, yeah that'll be happening as well um, so yeah if you do like what we do and uh, want to support the pod and all that stuff um, yeah just go, go on that there's um, there's a couple of uh, the, the website kind of the um, host thing had a uh, like suggested donations part which I've left in there with just some funny like you know $10 to feed me $20 to feed Andrea uh, $25 to feed the cats or you can enter your own amount and you're more than welcome to enter your own amount I just left those there because I was just having some fun with it but um, 
whether it be a dollar, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you want to donate, um, is going to be appreciated. Um, I have made sure it works. I donated ten dollars to myself, so I'll get that back um, to uh, the next couple of days when it finally comes back into the account. But it does work. It's working fine. So. Um, yeah, if you want to do that, that would be great and fully appreciated. Uh, you can, um, yeah, and we'll give you a shout out in the podcast and just um, you'll have our eternal thanks for that. And yeah, in the future soon, I'm going to actually get a supporter feature that will also um, mean that you actually get some items back to yourself. So I guess that'll probably be the only member only thing that we'll ever do is that I'm going to set up like a little, I guess a gift box that you can buy that'll be priced in a way that it supports us as well as you get something back for it as well um so that is something that i'm working on probably going to be towards the end of this year something that there will be like a yearly thing that you can buy this box it'll be supported that will come with some um things that we make just for the box and that you um, get get you support us while getting a little bit back for yourselves as well so that is something i'm working on but that's going to be an even that's going to be a longer process because i'm going to try and work out what kind of things are thrown in there i might i've got like footy cards um, there's gonna be some random things that will get thrown in there as well as some sort of the stuff that we design as well so yeah, a lot on the go, and because we do it all in our spare time, it takes a while, but we appreciate everyone hanging around and listening to the podcast and all that stuff. So it's been a five-minute fucking intro, and we're already doing this, so might as well get into actually talking about the fucking footy. So cheers, guys. We'll get into it. Hey, this that Eastside Johnny Big Redemption life. No, I'm talking about... indeed fuck everything else we did win on friday night a nice comfortable win in the end after being uncomfortable i don't know what was going on on friday night as far as my emotions were up and down it was a it was the classic roller coaster ride of a port adelaide game that we've experienced at some points this year with um getting up by a comfortable comfortable margin um you know and thinking ah oh, no we'll go on with this now and then and then we didn't um but then it <laughs> I like in the moment, and I'm sure people that follow us on um, the old Twitters uh, see in the moment. And I, I tweet very honestly, like a fan from the account. Um, I don't, you know, don't hide from the fact that I get frustrated at times. And I try to, I try to, as I've said uh, repeatedly on this podcast, I try to avoid. You know, you don't single. You, you can you can criticize without being um, over the top. And I try to find that line. Um, okay, occasionally I probably go over it um, to some people's opinions, but I, I try to um, toe the line pretty well in, in being as positive as it can be about my supporting of the team in these moments. And it was certainly, um, someone did make a real good point on Twitter. I think it was um, Samuel Power is his handle. Um, we've met him once at the footy. Uh, he bought a stubby holder from us, which was um, super dope. So thank you for that. But he did make the point afterwards um, as we were, you know, as the so- song was going and, and everyone was kind of tweeting out their thoughts about the the result as it, as it was. Um, that it was actually, um, you know, when you think about the context of the week, um, which has been a wild week, we are still in lockdown. I'm hopeful of coming out for those that aren't in South Australia and um, uh, aren't keeping up with it as close as obviously we are because we want to know what the hell is going on. Um, we are looking like we'll be out of lockdown at midnight tomorrow, so 12.01 on Wednesday. It is currently uh, 1.28pm on the Monday. So it's like another 36-odd hours and we'll be um, out of lockdown at 34. 34 and a half, roughly, <laughs> and we'll be out of lockdown. So we are still in lockdown, but um, the cases have re- only been, I think, three yesterday, one today, or maybe one the day before yesterday. It's um, once they, they look at the, the early lockdown has worked. Um, so, 
so far. Sorry, excuse me. Um, so it's looking like we'll be out um, soon. But yeah, obviously the the wild week that it was last week. We're thinking, you know, right up until the end of la- the weekend before this one just gone, um, that we were going to be celebrating Travis Spokes' three hundredth in person at um, Adelaide Oval on Friday night, and then obviously early uh, Monday, so a week ago now. Um, there was kind of the rumors breaking about a COVID case uh, community transmission, which is the um, which is the key word. There is um, we get we get the COVID cases semi regularly here with just people in quarantine from returned flights, um, but the community transmission was a whole other beast that we haven't dealt with in months, and that's what prompted um, some increased restrictions and then going into lockdown once it once the um, once it had kind of been gotten out in the community a little bit, so they went into lockdown and. It certainly seems to have worked, which is great. Um, and you know, it's for me. I finally, if you'd seen, if you'd seen my fucking office, um, that I'll record. Like I basically got the desk in the corner of a spare room, and it's a nice room. And I'll, I'll take some photos and kind of um, start. I want to start doing a bit of video stuff just so people can see kind of behind the curtain, which is really just a room with a computer and shit. But um, anyway, um, that I had there was just boxes and trash on the ground ever because with moving stuff around, just things get thrown in the room and thrown wherever you can. I'm sure people understand that and. Um, yeah, it was an absolute mess. It was basically this little corner that I could rec- that had the computer on the desk, and otherwise it was an um, uncontained disaster behind me. But I got in here over the last day and a half and got cleaned up, got the desk organised, um, got some of the, me- the the memorabilia stuff I have organised. We just made it a bit more of a nice Port Adelaide office. I've got my Rover to Brook poster, which I, I got out of a giveaway from the re- good people that um, were involved in that film, which I need to take a photo and show them that I do actually have it um, framed and on the wall. And I've uh, got a flag on the wall and just a few other things, you know, just the nerdy fan shit that you do. Um, so I will um, start and I'll sh- to give a few up- updates on the Instagram and Twitter about how that's looking. But, yeah, the lockdown did give me the chance to finally get around all that stuff. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, it was a wild... I've gone way off tangent, but, yes, it was a wild week. Um, and, obviously, for Port Adelaide, that meant that what we thought was going to be a home game to celebrate Travis Works 300th was now an away game and it was a couple of days, probably a day, maybe a day that they weren't able to train and then they had to go to the airport, get sent home again, then go to the airport again and um, even for an hour or so they thought they might be playing a showdown <laughs> uh, this this last weekend gone until that kind of one was nipped in the bud pretty quickly as well and it turned out that yes, indeed, we were going to still play Collingwood and it was going to be on Friday night and t- time change wasn't even that bad either. It was just a few minutes earlier um, Olympic stuff apparently. I don't know why it had to be earlier for the Olympics because... The opening ceremony was cutting in on the game anyway, so it was a little bit of a weird... I, I'm sure there's a reason behind it that I'm just not aware of. I'm certainly not um, protesting in the fact that I, uh, in any way that I just uh, just didn't understand the reasoning behind it, but I didn't look into it that much. So um, that's probably a, advice for some of the people that went on protest marches in Sydney and Melbourne over the weekend is if you don't too mo- know too much about it, maybe just don't complain too much about it. <laughs> um, but yes, critical thought isn't um, strong in those masses that were on the streets. Um, so... Um, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, it was a wild week. Um, and as uh, Samuel Power said on Twitter, um, that should that is a very much an important context to the result um, because it was up and down. Um, the first quarter, certainly, um, it felt like the slow starts were back again. And I think right after I tweeted that, then we finally kicked the goal. Um, so uh, I, I don't believe in uh, <laughs> in those kind of coincidences. But hey, I'll take that. I'll take that as a as a result from a frustrated tweet. But um, yeah, the slow start was, you know, Collingwood got two quick goals again. And it felt like um, early on there, it felt like it could possibly be, find ourselves in that kind of four goal hole again, like we did last time that we played them over in Melbourne. Um, and uh, it just it just felt. It just felt 
frustratingly familiar, unfortunately, which is, again, not I'm not, not trying to overly criticize the team, but it is something that we've dealt with this year is uh, letting teams get out of the blocks a little bit and having to um, do some chase-up work, which is is frustrating. But um, it's certainly, um, like a lot of teams, a lot of times this year as well, it was thankfully we didn't let them get out of the blocks too much, apart from, you know, the likes of West Coast and Brisbane at times have gotten out um, to big leads and haven't let up. Uh, we uh, luckily um, didn't let them get any more than two goals up on us at the start there, and then we were able to kick back into the contest and and go on from there. But um, yeah, it was it was one of those it was one of those nights that um, you saw the very best of what Port Adelaide can do, and um, it really got when we looked good on Friday. It was it was we were starting to get back to a little bit of that um, that quick movement and. Um, backing ourselves in that was a kind of a feature of some of our best moments last year as well as the early parts of this year when all the soldiers were um were fit and firing and before this um wild year of injuries and 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 you know covid covid changes to games and all that stuff, everything that's gone into this season um and the injuries have certainly been a major major part of it we've, i mean we've seen some other teams that have lost only a few players um you know, drop away a little bit, um, and you know, certainly Port Adelaide have lost it. Had a fair few of our best players missing for large, large portions of the season. Have somehow still right near the top of the table. So, um, but yeah, with the the big trio of Rosie Butters and Dersma back, um, and they certainly weren't at their very best. You know, Butters and Dersma. Um, we know. Well, I mean, we know what Butters was looking like. He was a borderline All Australian last year. I'm um, certainly in the forty, and then um, earlier this year, he looked like a lock for the spot if he'd been able to stay fit, but. Um, they've come back in and they weren't at their um, dominating best, but they were in the play and you could see just how much um, their involvement meant to the, the kind of just the flow, the trust that um, the, the the team has in these young blokes already um, was, you know, you can see that it's evident that they trust that, that there's a little bit more um, trust in the ability to um, try try things. And it certainly was it was inconsistent on the night. You know, there were some missed kicks, some missed tackles, missed handballs. <laughs> there was a few missed handballs on the night, um, which was frustrating. But it was it was um, a sign to the Port Adelaide footy that they're looking to get back to now that these guys are coming back into the side. And uh, and certainly a trust in the fact that, you know, to win premierships, you do need to have that um, sense of uh, swashbuckling adventure to your footy and and yes sometimes when it goes bad it goes bad and but when it's the teams that win uh, premierships are the ones that back themselves in to find a way to get it right and um they certainly got a um trust in hoping that they back themselves in and do get it right and it's certainly a good sign to see the likes of butters desma and rosie back on the side doing those kind of things um, and when Rosie kicked that goal earlier in the third quarter to get us up by 32 points and things were just humming along nicely, it looked like that was the case. But um, it was not to be. But I'll get I'll get to kind of um, my thoughts on the way the game went in a mo- in just a moment. But um, the, the other one, it's um, Butters, Rosie and Dersma I've mentioned. But, you know, the best on field on the night was um, young Willem Drew who's come to the side this year and quietly just... And I know Port fans have been, probably since earlier in the season, have really backed him in and noticed what he's been doing. But I think uh, Friday night was finally the time that I started seeing uh, people from outside the Port Adelaide sphere kind of make note of it, note of his involvement and his influence and his impact on the side. Um, you know, he's our top disposal getter, I think, with 32. Um, he's probably, <laughs> he might. It, it, it's interesting trying to work out Brownlow votes because I know there's a lot of games this year we're hoping Ollie's getting the three because he's probably the one that we're really backing in to be the Brownlow winner. But um and, you know, it depends how umpires, you know, umpires are obviously know which players are um, the ones to kind of watch a little bit and um, whether Ollie, um, it'll be interesting to see if what kind of, because Ollie ended up with 30 disposals after a quiet start and he 
um, he had a massive influence on um, curtailing the influence of Taylor Adams after he had a big first half. So, um, you know, if Taylor Adams had gone on with it, he would have gone on with 40 disposal and probably snagged the Brownlow votes no matter how, um, what the end score line was going to be. But, um, yeah, Willem Drew, um, who, he's... He was best on field for me, and I think plenty of people, I think I saw on the website that he got the MG MVP of the game or whatever it is, the sponsored um, vote is for the fans on the Port Adelaide website. So he was clearly noticed by the Port fans, and justifiably so. Um, he made his debut at the same time as those those that trio that came back into the side this week. And um, after last year, missing out a fair bit, um, he's come back in this year and just been playing an incredible role and, and probably starting to, starting to, you know, we've, we've looked at them being a bit light on in midfield at times against the big sides, and that's still going to be um, a question we can't truly answer until we get to hopefully playing some of these big sides in some big games in the finals. Um, well, not hopefully. We're guaranteed finals now, by the way. Um, so well done to Port. Four games four games to go in the season. We're guaranteed to at least be in the eight, but where, where are we position um, is up to, up for debate still until the end of the season, which hopefully will be top four uh, and should be top four with um, the way we're going. But, uh, you know, Willem Drew, um, he's... Taking a bit more of the load, um, he's he's doing a little bit of the grunt work, and like on certainly on Friday night when Wines was quite early, it's kind of um, he was able to um, he was able to get a fair bit of the ball and get and win a lot of the ball as well as um, as user. He, he just seemed to take a, a bit more of a, a leading role in a game that was really required someone to um, to win like to win the contested ball like that. So um, a really great sign um, as we're going to finals that Drew. Is continuing to develop. Um, you know, he's only 22 still. He's going to, he's going to, you know, when we look at wines at the age he is now, um, finally playing his best footy. If Willem Drew's already playing at this level at this age, um, there's so much better to come. But um, he's already playing the role that we require at the moment. And um, certainly after a performance like that, hopefully it kind of just gives him that impetus to keep growing into the season and, and certainly at the right end of the season to really start finding um, that form that gets uh, more people talking about him than just the Port fans. So, um, yeah, there's some real positives to come out of the night. Um, certainly not just that. I'll get to some more in a moment. But um, we might as well just talk about the inconsistency of the night. Um, now, get, the, get that out of the way. Um, kind of like a positive, negative, positive sandwich. I've talked about the positives of those guys coming back in. Well, I'm Drew. Quickly, it's not that much of a negative to talk about the... Um, the uh, little bit of stress that came in the second half, but we got it. We've got to talk about it. So um, I might uh, crack this beer in a second. We'll get onto it. Alrighty. So the, it's it's not a massive negative, but we did once again in a game that we had. You know, it was a borderline to the point of locking it up and um, possibly going on with it. Uh, we did allow a team to get back into it against us again and make it real, um, real tight. And to you know, in hindsight, it's easy to say, and I, I certainly believe that um, this team's strong enough to take whatever challenges are thrown at them, particularly from sides. That is just where Collingwood are at the moment. Um, but at the same time, when you get it, let it get back uh, within uh, within ten points, like single digits, uh, twice in a game later on in the game, you're opening yourself up to the chart the chances of that. What if they get out the back again, get a cheat goal? Get it within a goal, and then what if? And then it becomes a real um, slugfest that you don't, you just aren't required to be in when you get up by thirty-two points. You know, um, and that's the real thing. It's you know, I remember um, I was driving. Um, we're in lockdown, but I do have a business. <laughs> um, there is um, livestock um, that I need to that were required for me to check on, which is a, a legal part of the lockdown, is that you can check on livestock. So I was doing that and listening to the uh, sports show. Um, in the morning on Saturday, which is KG and Cornsy, which I don't, I don't listen to um, 
go out of my way to listen to, but it was just on the radio for my 10-minute drive to where I needed to go. Um, so I was listening to the start of that, and um, I think it was, I can't remember whether it was KG or Cornsy were talking about uh, the fact that um, Port were never going to lose the game regardless of what, you know, regardless of what was going on in the, late in that game. But I, I always subscribe to the notion that whenever you get yourself into that battle, um, you're always a chance of losing because that's what, that's what that does is... Um, the other team gives the other team some imp- impetus and uh, at the end of the day the Port did run the game out well and won by 28 points which I said I'd be happy with 30 to 36 on the preview which um, you know, it's, it's just you never know how the journey is to get there so it was close to it but um, it felt rough at times and um, that's the frustration and it's still something that's part, been part of our game at times this year is that we when a team gets a little run on us we, we do um, we do kind of let it can get away a little bit, and it was it was threatening to um, the other night. Um, it's not to say that I don't. Again, I think that we were strong enough, and we certainly proved it in the last game against Collingwood, which was very similar um, in that sense um, that we can we did just find a way to get through, and that's all you got to do. You got to bank the points and then get to the get to the end of the season. But it is just something to to work on towards um, as we go. Um, Hinkley himself said he thinks that we got um, just reading from the website he says well, I think we got over aggressive at times we were in a position where at times it felt like it was going to be a really strong performance in the scoreboard for us at times we probably got a bit of ahead of where the game should have stayed which was to keep the contest going keep running the ball and not get too far ahead of it and that probably sums it up it's just we, we would and whether that's the you know we do want them to go on and win it but you, you kind of if you kind of get a bit loose from your structures of as to what has gotten you to the point of being 32 points ahead um, against the team, like Collingwood were debuting another two players the other night. Um, they're young, but they've got a lot of players that are really trying to prove themselves. Um, you know, despite all the outside noise at Collingwood, who's going to be coach, all that stuff. Um, these guys that are debuting this year that do have some talent are going to, they're not going to buy in. They, they're wanting to, that almost gives them more impetus to prove to whatever coach is coming in um, that they're worth um, their spot on the side. And you've got guys like Oliver Henry really impressed at the times the other night uh, for Collingwood. He's just the one name that really stuck in my mind for his movement, um, his ball movement and getting inside 50 and finding open space. And, and some of the kicks that they, um, you know, Dugowie had a couple of good moments where he really just laced out the perfect kick, um, waited for, I think, Henry at one point. I think it was one point to go to Henry for a um, shot at goal. Whether he, I can't remember if he scored from it or not. I think he might have. Um, but um, we were probably lucky that, um, I mean, it was... Collingwood were probably lucky we missed a few opportunities, but on the same, the same, on the flip side of the coin, um, we were probably lucky that um, Collingwood missed a couple that were um, reasonably kickable at times. So, but it was just one of those games. And and footy, um, Collingwood have not been a team that's been badly beaten at any point this year. Um, you, you can look at the end of the game against Carlton last week and say, well, they let Carlton run over the top of them with six or seven goals on the bounce, but. The loss itself wasn't a huge um, points loss, and that's not something Collingwood's done too much this year, I don't think. Um, I don't know if they've won, lost a game by much more than 30 or 40 at any point, which considering their p- position on the table, you'd probably think they might have lost a couple of heavy ones, but they've been a tough team to beat. Um, and we and I, again, it's probably because we got up by 32 points, it felt more negative in the moment that we got up by 32 points and let them get right back into it. But... Um, to win by 28 points in the end was um, probably a sound result, considering the week uh, again, and um, and it's something we should accept and 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 be proud of that the team. Um, it was a tough game, and and certainly Collingwood even losing Pendlebury um, still have some fair bit of talent there, um, and uh, we we you know we matched it. And considering the week with having to play a home game away, um, flying flying out there and having to train and stay away from home and possibly be away from home for another week or two, depending on how things go here. Um, 
there's a lot going on, and that's uh, something we loved about this team last year was the fact that they grinded out results and got them got them away from home in the hubs and all that stuff. And we'd, we've got to accept that and and find the positives in that. And, and certainly, uh, certainly a win that gets us um, keeps us in the top four. Clear in the top four at the moment from the chasing pack, a couple of ga- a game behind us in Brisbane and Sydney, and um, yeah, we're right where we want to be. Um, we're only a game off top as well, so. It's getting tight there at the top in the top four, but we're certainly in amongst it and, and, and giving ourselves every chance of getting a real good qualifying position for the finals. So um, despite the up and, da- up and down nature of the <laughs> later in the game and something we do need to kind of just find a way to not let that run on happen because it's certainly against the better teams um, that kind of lapse in, 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 in structure and stuff is going to be uh, – is what has um, caught us and made us come undone against the likes of Melbourne and Geelong at times. Um, but uh, so we've got to find a way. But it, just getting the bank in the wins and getting ourselves into a strong position going into finals is the main thing. And as far as that goes, it's a massive tick. So um, yeah, there's a few, there's a few fair few more positives to get to for this game though. So um, yeah, that's really the only negative, and we still got the win. So you gotta you gotta take it. Alrighty. So Friday night was a real great um, in, in the positive side of things. Um, it was a great team effort for a, a result. There wasn't any. You know, I've already mentioned Willem Drury probably uh, was best on field for me and, and many others, I believe. And which is, it kind of sums up um, kind of where the team was at on Friday night. There was a lot of guys doing a lot of work with no real, you know, it wasn't, you know, the Ollie Wines 44 pos- uh, position performance. It was clear standout or or any anyone else like both clearly standing out. It was a real at work, had to really work hard and get in there and uh, win the contested ball, which we did, uh, win the clearances, which we did. And, um, and certainly have the likes of Scooter, um, you know, and a real other, and a real battle against um, Brody Grundy, who's been playing some pretty good footy and um, is certainly um, at his best, you know, up there with Max Gorn in the competition. Um, so, but Scooter did his job and certainly was um, well helped by Laddams at times. And Laddams um, did what he's required to do. He, he backs up Scooter in the ruck and then um, gets forward and kicks a couple of goals. Um, it is ro- is what we want um, our back second ruckman to do. And Laddams, that's exactly his role. Kick two goals, uh, help Scooter in the ruck. If he's doing that every game, um, we're going to be in an okay position, um, particularly with Scooter playing the footy years. Um, luckily, <laughs> and it's very important going later into the season. Um, we probably thought on the night that Lysett might be um, getting a week or two. <laughs> it's not that it was, um, I thought, in my opinion, I was hoping he'd just get the fine, which he has been assessed a fine. So for once, the the, the uh, tribunal um, or match review committee uh, worked out that one kind of probably about where it deserves to be. Um, it was careless, and in this day and age with footy, there has to be a sanction for it. In the past, you wouldn't have seen it. Um, he was going, he was going for the spoil, and it was probably just putting a little bit of extra meat on it because I think Scooter's someone who definitely gets into the competition of the game. He's got that white line fever kind of style of play. Um, he, he's an incredible bloke from all accounts, um, and certainly seems like an incredible bloke. He's just, you know, it's footy though. Is there's a certain amount of aggression that goes into it, and what we're learning is. Um, You've just got to find the line, and, and just going into an aggressive spoil, um, two-handed fist, um, you know, um, and missing the ball and collecting Grundy on the way through. Um, it's just it's going to happen at times. You just got to find a way to not make it happen. And and but you know, in that instance, it was uh, rather than being like a, a real reckless endangerment where he was gen- like you know looking like he was going to actually going for the player, he was just going. He was going for an aggressive spoil. Um, and just mis- misjudged it and um, and got and copped a bit more Grundy than did the, did the ball and um, the fine. Uh, I think an early plea was two grand. Uh, otherwise, going to be three. I think he'll be running out the door cheering with the two grand early plea um, and and no game sanction this time. Which, considering he's he missed four games earlier in the year, um, you do worry about those players that um, 
that have a little bit of a history, um, it's a good result, I think. And I just got to hope he um, um, kind of finds the right way to channel the aggression. But I'm certainly gonna not, get, not ever going to question um, how Scooter prepares and goes into games because um, he's an absolute champion. He's, you know, he's, he's got a premiership, well, not with us, but he's got a premiership medal and, um, and plays the game the right way. For me, um, and just you know, it's just like just footy forever. If we want, if this game's going to remain what it's going to be, is going to occasionally have these moments. Um, obviously, the real egregious ones are another situation. But these kind of ones are ones that um, just got to be adjudicated correctly. And I think on this this occasion, whether you can call you can call me biased if you want, but um, whatever, it's a Port Adelaide podcast. Um, I think it was adjudicated correctly, and um, I think we'd certainly be happy to run out with that two grand fine. But um, yeah, rules just solid. Team performance. Um, certainly, I've mentioned Laddams. Doing his work, which the you know the four tools thing um, has been a question at times this year, and I think it's really it's not not breaking any news. It's really just down to your ball use and and certainly the uh, the positional and, and movement off the ball that is really going to see it work or not. We've seen plenty of teams, you know, Brisbane have got Danaher and Hipwood and McInerney and and you know guys and McStay and like they've got team players um, that. Uh, They've got plenty of tools as well. Obviously, they've lost Hitwood um, for the year, but um, you know they they do. You can make it work. It's just about um, you know, and we're certainly still. Mitch Georgiades is still an incredibly raw talent that's developing. Todd Marshall um, has been around for a few years, but he's still developing. Tall forwards do take a while, um, and then Laddams is a young developing forward as well. So Dixon's the only one there that can be caught. Like he's a, a clearly a veteran, and um, certainly he kicked his four goals in the night. Uh, missed the easy ones, kicked the hard ones, and <laughs> it's just. Um, you know, there's one thing that you'll never get out of Dixon's game at this point is that he will miss some occasional ones. Hopefully, he t- keeps working on that kind of aspect of his game, but um, he still kicked four, which is all that's required, um, really. If your big four is kicking four goals in a game, um, you know, Marshall kicks three, um, which is... And the thing about Marshall, and last week I'd, I neglected to mention it on the St Kilda review, which I should have, um, but Marshall, he, he had... I think I was chatting to a few people on Twitter about it after the game on Friday night, and Marshall's got like a, a style of play that is is, is kind of um, unassuming, and sometimes I think he gets called lazy a lot by the um, the um, uneducated side of um, the footy fan. And I, as I say, I, I try not to be too nasty to fellow fans, but some, I think un, um, lazy is always a bit of a loaded one to throw at players. Certainly there are players out there that do, but I think Marshall... Um, Lazy isn't he has a style being a big man, it's hard to you don't look flashy and stylish when you run. That's just something that happens. Um, you know, your your midfielders that look flashy and stylish just because then they don't have that extra height in them. Um, you know, Marshall um is a quite a tall bloke and a little bit lanky still. He's filling out a little bit, but he's he's just he's gonna have that unassuming kind of um style of play because and just and not the most flashy look because of his the way he has to carry his body and um but uh, whether it be the Sydney game where he crashed in from the outside the fifty arc to cause the um, cause the kind of spill that led to the license sealer, or um, last week against St Kilda, he, he he was suddenly he was in the forward line and the the ball kind of came out and was heading down St Kilda's end, and after a series of you know a, a, a um, kind of series of play, it ended up with suddenly Marshall down in the back back line taking a mark, and and you know he's, he's that means he's galloped the end the length of the field almost to to get back and make a defensive effort. And uh, certainly um, against Collingwood on Friday night, he had a really good... In the second quarter, he was he was intercepting. Um, he was kind of knocking marks and spoiling, um, you know, touching marks on the... as it Kicks as they're coming off the, the boot of the uh, Collingwood players. Um, he was taking intercept marks and he was kicking goals. He was really just doing the hard yards and hard work to um, to make an, make an impact. And, and, it, and it 
got us a couple of goals in that second quarter uh, directly from the impact of Marshall, whether it be off his boot or the things he was doing to... Um, he certainly he kind of... There was one point where he, he uh, kind of intercepted a, a ball and, and then kicked this really... One of those cute little like, 20, 20 meter odd passes to... Um, might have been Woodcock. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there was, a, there was one of those... Just the, those little plays. And um, if you go back and watch the game, just watch that second quarter in particular for what Marshall does was really great. And um, a good sign again that of his development because he's... Been a few more of those things. I think he's always had that in him, but it's just um, where his confidence and stuff. But he really kind of made an effort um, with those things and, and really just um, and pulled it off on, on Friday night. And that's a great – again, one kind of like uh, Drew, finding that those extra little bits in his game, it's good for Marshall to continue that kind of development um, as, as still a, quite a young, tall forward. So um, got to uh, – you know, not that I'm trying to make a point, but it, Marshall is one of the malign players. Uh, Mike Bonner, who again had a good game on Friday night, um, certainly – um, that they, they do get that extra bit, extra bit of shit from the um, some sections of the fan base, which look there is reasons for it. Um, at times he does he does float in and out of games, and that's but to me that's um, with talk forwards, um, it's harder to get yourself into the game when the game's going against you a little bit. Um, whether it be some of those games where we've been well beaten, has certainly not been Marshall alone. It's um it's the fact that uh, the, the entire kind of structure of the game plan hasn't been working, and when you're a tall forward, it's hard to get into those games. Um, if you're not, if it's not coming in well, and it's you're struggling to get um, a beat on the ball as it's coming in on those rare times, it is, um, and then you, you the, then the structure's not working. It's going to be incredibly harder to make an impact on the game, and you are going to just look like a lazy forward running around with head cut off. Um, but that's not that's uh, that's something that the um, the the team has to develop. And I think that was a good sign on Friday night that we saw the full tall four tools. You know, Georgiades didn't get amongst it much, but he was doing. That's what's going to happen is you can, if you're going to have four guys. Collecting goals is sometimes it's going to be the ones that have the quieter week, but as long as the other ones step up, which they did with between Dixon, Marshall, and Adams, they kicked nine goals. So uh, I think nine, four, three, two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nine goals. So that's just that's part of that's part of footy and part of something we've got to accept. But um, I was really happy with how that all looked um, at times on Friday night, and um, that's what we want. And yeah, you know, Mitch did the four goals last week, and then um, and then Charlie and Todd and Adams uh, pick it up this week. So. That's just how it's going to be, and um, yeah, it was a, a just a real workmanlike performance that was required, but at times uh, quite flashy as well when we had when we really got humming. So there's a, so a lot of things to love about what we did on Friday night, and certainly more to love than there is to be frustrated with, even though there is some legitimate frustrations with how the Collingwood got back into the game. That certainly um, got to look at the positive side of it and how we um, we defended that um, run from Collingwood a couple of times to to make sure the result was. Relatively comfortable, comfortable in the end. All right, there was a couple of great plays on the day um, on, on Friday. Sorry, on the day Friday night. Um, the goal, I think they've got it as their play of the day actually on um, on the Port Adelaide YouTube. I love a good end to end goal, and like um, in the second quarter, about halfway through, uh, we Jonas took a mark in a defensive fifty. And uh, one of the things that I was talking about earlier in the pod was about the brave footy and, and getting a bit a bit more bit more back to our run and carry and stuff like that with the likes of Rosie involved. And Rosie and Drew were certainly. Um, the two passes, the two key players before um, Drew laced the ball inside 50 to uh, uh, Boyd Woodcock, which is, um, again, just to go back to the play, it was Jonas took the mark in defensive 50, I think, it, and then it went through, possibly Burns, I can't remember. Um, but we basically played solid, and I remember sitting there on the couch when this was happening, um, saying, corridor footy, just remember back to the, my days of playing footy as a kid, when you do the corridor footy drill and just be end-to-end up the field over and over again. Um, and that's just... Um, and it was great to see that kind of um, port take that chance in that in that moment because the game was we were I think we were only um, I think we were point down at that point um, we we're just starting to get our get our like leg 
or a, a foothold in the game and really starting to control it um, and take a good defensive mark and then transition it quickly downfield before uh, before the Collingwood defence can get set and find Woodcock just open, open and free and about 25 metres out and able to just run into an open goal is, is exactly the kind of thing we need to start finding that transition from defence to to the forward 50 and getting uh, getting those easy goals because that's what teams do to us a bit uh, at times and, and we want to find the ways and certainly the likes of Rosie Butters and Dersmer and, and, and Drew playing a game like he was um, you know Rosie took the handball uh, took a mark and then quickly was able to get just get the handball off to a Drew who was free flowing uh, through the through the center circle and 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 kick a, a perfect pass uh, forward into the forward 50 with finding Woodcock open and kick a goal like that was um, exactly what we want to see, and, and certainly the players coming back are the ones that are going to help help that happen. And um, you know, Woodcock's one of those guys that is probably going to find his place come under threat. Um, uh, very likely as one of the f- the first drop. Unfortunately, just with um, the guys coming back, when we once we start getting the likes of Fantasia and Gray back, uh, but certainly being in those kind of positions is going to help his cause to getting uh, getting that call up when when required. And um, Certainly happy to see him doing that job because we're the f- small forward department is still where we're a little bit bereft um, just currently with Fantasia and Gray on the sidelines. So, uh, yeah, good stuff and a, and a really great play. And I love my end-to-end goals like that. And um, and I was very happy. And like I said, literally screamed at the TV corridor for you. So, <laughs> um, But you can't go past. Um, Carl Amon uh, obviously have an incredible season. Should be an All-Australian this year if the All-Australian selectors do their fucking job right. And... Um, he kicked a couple of big goals last week when we when absolutely fucking needed against St Kilda in that um that dire start to that game, and again tonight when we were a goal down early, um we've gotten the, the you know it's one goal to two at this point of the game but um this is one of the it's just such a beautiful goal um the fact he sells candy not once but twice um and certainly it was uh, there was a lot of take take him to the candy shop and stuff um posted on the socials which was great to see everyone getting around such a great goal but um. To see just the way he dances around and, you know, selling candy once to kick a snap from 45 out is one thing, but selling it twice and then still able to get a, a perfect snap on goal. Again, from, you know, it's, he's right near the 50-meter arc and it's um, to get that kind of purchase on the ball um, and kick a goal like that after doing what you've done, it just shows that Amon is absolutely operating at the, at the absolute zenith of his skills and I'm just... So appreciative of the fact that we've allowed him to develop and, and haven't, you know, obviously a couple of years ago he was one of the ones on the trade table and um, he, he didn't get traded and, and we've actually absolutely seen the fruits of his labour and, and proof that um, some, you know, players' journeys to being a top AFL player aren't always linear. Um, there are different ways to get there, but um, this goal kind of sums up just how fucking good he's been this year. Giardi slated to hold there. Yep. She would have, would have marked it, Laddams. Nice set. For the push was Grundy. Eamon. A little bit of candy. Double by foot. Around the body is just pure genius. Wow. That's quality. What about that? And he knows he's done something pretty <laughs> special there. I mean, just like looking or watching that back again, he's oh, there's also a bloke diving in for a smother as he as he kicks the ball too. So it's almost he's sold candy twice and then kicked a, and kicked an incredible goal as a smother is coming in. So just incredible, and he's having a great year. So um, it was a great result. It's what was required after such a wild week. Um, South Australia certainly and Port Adelaide fans um, in lockdown had nothing else to do but sit down and watch the footy on Friday night. Not that we would do anything else anyway um, with our Port boys on the screen, but. Um, it was a much-needed result both for keeping that um, assault in the top four alive um, and keeping that really strong position um, alive as much as possible going into the finals. And we're really setting ourselves up now with players coming back, um, 
the the results have uh, fallen our way in the last few weeks when we didn't get the results quite and we were able to hold on to the top four position. And now we're a game clear of fifth and only a game behind top. So we're really, um, destiny is in our own hands as far as our finish to this season. Um, we, you know, we, depending on if, if all the other teams above us keep winning, but we uh, we keep getting the results, then we shouldn't finish any any lower than fourth. And that's, um, that's like I said, in our own hands. We do have Western Bulldogs to end the season, so that could be uh, potentially pivotal. And it'll be a great side, a great test to see where we're at. But no, that'll be that's a few weeks away. But at the moment, a great win to uh, uh, to um, you know keep keep us alive during lockdown as well as uh, as well as keep the season season going after a tough week. And and certainly do um, an incredible job for Travis Spoke. Um, you could see he was uh, quite emotional in the post game interviews. I think um, they held it in check, but you could see how much it meant to him. Um, you know, it was great to see Ollie and um, Pal Peps um, carry him off and. And give him the um, the deserved result, and there's nothing nothing really more, um, you know, this sums up kind of Travis Spokes' career at Port Adelaide than a win like that, a tough win against um, a uh, a rival in Collingwood, and uh, and in the circumstances it was isn't ideal, and certainly not gonna not gonna have any kind words to say about the about the absolute nuffies that decided that uh, Chicky Boat being in the box is some kind of problem um, anyway, but uh, yeah, it was um, otherwise it was a real he, not, uh, true to Travis Spoke's style and none of that stuff has um, phased him this week and obviously personally probably disappointed to not have the family there but um, he's been nothing but an ab- absolute champion as far as how he has dealt with that and um, they, they, obviously him and his family have um, dealt with adversity in the past and, and they're just um, they, you know you can, you can tell they're just good wonderful people because of how they how they manifest that into just um, you know that's life and, and we look for the best things in life as well and that's certainly Travis Spoke in a nutshell so um, a fitting result for him uh, um, and and the night and no injuries to speak of apart from uh, Lockie Jones apparently is um, just a s- small mention that apparently he's, um, his ankle's providing an issue again. So whether we see him again this year, that'll be interesting. But as far as um, he was already injured, uh, unfortunately, so best wishes to him. But as far as the game goes, um, all positive news from that front. And that's that's the way we're exactly where we want to be at this point of the season. So great result. We're in the top four. Um, plenty to play for um, in the next four weeks before we head into finals and um, hopefully, hopefully we see Port at home again this year. But um, until then, until well, until um, the next podcast, uh, good stuff. Cheers, guys. Uh, Car the pair. Let's keep the season rolling.